Welcome to the Becoming One podcast, where as the church, we learn to pursue peace in a divided world. Here is your host, Pastor Sean Wilson. Amen, amen. Hey, thank you for joining me on today on the Becoming One podcast. Today, I got a special topic for you, and it is in reference to the term lukewarm Christian. I know we have all heard of this term at one time or another um, in the community of our church or churches or in a community at hand, maybe even seen it on social media. But I want to bring a little I want to shed a little light on the scripture that's surrounding it, because um, a lot of people have taken this to mean something that it doesn't mean. And I want to get you a little bit closer to the true understanding of what this refers to when Jesus talks to the church of Laodicea and he says that they are in fact lukewarm neither hot nor cold and then he goes on to say I will spew you out of my mouth so I want us to go ahead and turn over to the book of Revelations chapter 13 it's Revelation chapter 13 verse 14 we'll start there and and it reads it says to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the amen the faithful and the true witness the beginning of creation of God says this I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot I wish that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold I will spew you out of my mouth Amen. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to go from verse 14 to 16 today and we'll come back and we'll look in even further down the text to cover um, the remainder of the text. But mainly I want to kind of focus on what does this mean? Lukewarm. What does it mean to be lukewarm? First of all, let's let's ask ourselves some questions. I'm not going to go through the introduction. I've taught this before the introductions to the church that the Lord presents himself in a specific way on how he's going to deal with that church. So what he's talking about here in verse 15, he says, I know your deeds. He said, I know your deeds. I know your deeds that they are neither cold nor hot. So he's referring to their deeds, what they're doing. He said, those are cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. Now, let's let's define what it means to be cold or hot. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It does not mean heaven or hell. Amen. It does. Cold and hot does not mean heaven or hell. Cold and hot does not mean one foot out of the church and half one foot in the church. That does. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that either. It doesn't mean that you're hot for God or you're cold for God. He does not. That's not what he's referring to because of what is stated. He says, I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now, why is it that Jesus, because he is the one that's speaking to the churches, why is it that he himself is referring to the church in that sense being lukewarm, neither cold nor hot? Well, we got to do a little bit of historical digging 
uh, we have to get back into some scripture and we have to look at some things. First, I want to talk about, first of all, 10 miles to the south, nested against a 8,000 foot Mount Cadmus was the city of Colossae. And to the northwest, about five miles away, was the city of Heropolis. Now I want to I want to point to something. There was there was three churches in this region that was closely related. It was Heropolis, it was Colossae, and Laodicea. I want to point to a particular scripture that kind of points to this in a little little bit. Just just gives you a little bit of information about it. It's in Colossians chapter four, verse 13. And it says this. It says, for I testify for him that he has a deep concern for you and those who are in Laodicea and Heropolis. Now, this is a letter in Colossians, Colossae, and is referring to those same churches Laodicea and Heropolis. So we're talking about the same region of people. Amen. The same region. Now, this is this is going to shape the the understanding of what it truly means. I know I'm going to pick this up a little bit. I'm dragging you on. Right. You want to get this information. Well, I want you to understand something. It was told to the people that that flocked to Heropolis and to the healing springs available to them. So in Heropolis, many people went there because of the healing springs that was available. The waters had a, a spa-like effect. It was, it was famous for the hot mineral baths and the medical remedies. So it was like a natural remedy in the water. They had, it had some minerals there that was, that was good for healing. Now in Colossae, there was something different. In Colossae, there was cold springs of water that was that was that protruded or came out of the side of the mountains. And this was considered to be the finest supply of water in that region. And even to this day, many slake their thirst at this spring. Now I want you to understand that. So here we have in Colossae was refreshing cool water and we have in Heropolis where we have the healing water the, the springs it had the minerals in it now in Laodicea there was something different they they had a um before I talk about the water Laodicea was self-sufficient you know um they had a relative independence of self-sufficiency even when there was a i believe it was in ad 60 something i can't remember exactly the year but in ad 60 there was an earthquake these this church they rebuilt themselves they didn't need any assistance for anyone else because they was very wealthy so they were self-sufficient in that sense so now i want you to understand something the only thing they didn't have was fresh water and their waters was was brought to them through what we call these aqueducts. Amen. It, it floats through to them from these aqueducts and even through historical research in these aqueducts, there was found um, remnants of the, the minerals in the water, which would which would indicate that the water that they was receiving was um, either a mixture of the, the cool water and the water from um, Heropolis. There was minerals in the pipes, in, in the, the systems that they had built to, to get the water to that location. So what does that mean? 
the water that they drank was not as cool and refreshing as the water that was in Colossae. So when Jesus used this terminology, when he used this metaphor, he used something that was familiar to the people in Laodicea. The, the waters in Heropolis were similar to the waters that they probably ingested and they knew what it was. It was, it was lukewarm and it was mineral laden water and it, was, it wasn't good to the taste. So when he used this example, he used it to remind them of how they feel when they drink the water that they're drinking. So he's, he's saying the same way that you spew that out of your mouth. That's what I think about your deeds. The same way you spew the water out of your mouth because of the way it tastes. That's the way I look at your deeds. So he used this as an example to show them and teach them the severity and how he feels about their deeds. And it was relatable to them specifically to them. This word was to them. It was word was specifically to them. Now I'm not going to get into all of the deeds. We'll come back and do that later. But I wanted to point out today that the, the church of Laodicea, their deeds were considered to be lukewarm. That water supply was lukewarm and it was the disgusting to the taste. And when he said this, he was really saying that I wish that you were either a fresh life-giving drink of cold water or a healing hot mineral bath. But because you are neither refreshing and life-giving nor healing, you are simply disgusting. And I will spew you out of my mouth or in some versions of the Bible says vomit. I will vomit you out of my mouth. So I hope that this helps you to understand why Jesus mentioned about the lukewarm activity of this church called Laodicea. There was a few other things in that text, in that scripture. And he mentions about, he says, because you say that I am rich and have and became wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments shall is so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I slav to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline therefore be zealous and repent so we're all as believers called to repent we're called to repent of our deeds amen but the key thing here is that he says those whom I love I reprove and discipline therefore be zealous and repent if if the Lord is not disciplining you then we don't belong to him if if the Lord does not discipline us then we don't belong to him how do I know this in in Hebrews chapter 12 you can read this Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 through 10 you'll see where it says that the Lord 
only disciplines his children. If if you don't receive discipline, that's because you don't belong to him. So he doesn't exercise discipline on those who are not his. So anytime you see in scripture where it says that the Lord reprove and disciplines, that means because that's how he deals with his children, because he considers that to be love. Amen. He considers it to be love. We know in Proverbs 3 and 12, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correct, even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. Amen. He also tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 and 32, he says, But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, which means to be disciplined or judged. And that we should not be condemned with the world. See, the Lord, he disciplines us in this life so he doesn't have to condemn us with the world. So once we become his children, he, he makes sure he takes care of us. He keeps us. He keeps us. And like I said in, in Hebrews 12 and 6, for whom the Lord love, he chastened and scourged every son whom he has received. So the deeds need to change. They need to repent of what they're doing as far as the deeds. Repent. Repent, change our minds, change our direction. Amen. We need to repent in the name of the Lord. See, in, in the scripture, we're told to live a life of repentance. That means we're constantly turning. We're changing our mind to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. So I wanted to share that with you today. I pray that you are blessed by it. I pray that you are enlightened a little bit more about what it means to be lukewarm. So we can honestly say that doesn't mean that you got half your foot in the world and half in the church. We can honestly say that that hot and cold does not represent heaven or hell. He's really saying he wished that you would be purposeful, that you would be a refreshing, cooling drink, or you would be healing. But since you are lukewarm, it is not purposeful. Amen. It does not have a purpose, it doesn't serve a purpose. So he wants us to be, we're created to, to do good works unto the Lord. So he wants us to do those good works. He didn't call us to be idle. Um, when we look in second Peter chapter one, verses three through 10, we see that if we don't add to our faith, love, and we don't add to, um, to our character, love, knowledge, loving kindness. If we don't add these things, then it says that we become unfruitful. Amen. And we don't want to become unfruitful. So with that said, um, and, and then guess what else happens when you become unfruitful? It actually states and communicates in that text that you are blind. You are nearsighted. You can't see and you'll forget that you were even washed of your sins. Wow. And that's going to tie into what we're going to talk about next time we come back here and deal with the Church of Laodicea. And I give you a little bit more information um, out of here and praying that you will understand the revelation behind this text is that a lukewarm Christian is not one that's halfway in hell or heaven. A lukewarm Christian is one that's idle and is not doing the work that God has created us to do. So God bless you. Have a great and wonderful day. Hey. Send a note, 
if you're being blessed, if you're getting some uh, some great understanding and um, and words, hey, reach out to us. Give us some topics that you want to talk about, some clarifications of some scriptures. Um, we will be talking about um, eternal security coming up soon. We will be talking about what it means the the doctrine of godliness um what is real worship i mean we have some great topics that are coming up and these are meant to edify the body of christ and what we're going to do is take a biblical look at the scripture because we want people to come together as believers and really hone in on what the scripture is saying so we can properly apply it to ourselves as we learn more about christ we need to be we need to learn of the knowledge and the grace of god daily learn of Jesus. So until we meet again, God bless you. And thank you for supporting us. And thank you for visiting us on today. And God bless you. Have a great and wonderful week. Thank you for joining us today on the Becoming One podcast. We request that you please like, share, and subscribe to our station, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. Remember to pursue peace in a divided world, we, the church, must organize, neutralize, and evangelize. Let's become one.